0: Today's episode is brought to you by Capital One Spark Business. Whether it's your first day at the new headquarters or another day getting payroll out by the first, Capital One works seamlessly as your partner, credit card provider, and business bank. Hi, everyone. It's Rebecca. You're listening to Superwomen. Today's guest is a very dear friend of mine, Naomi Davis. She is the founder of the incredibly popular blog, Love Taza. She's a mother of five. Yes, I'm going to say that again. A mother of five and has a very successful career. We talk about everything from becoming a working woman, what inspired her to start the blog, uh, the fact that her family is also her business and the activities of that. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Yeah, I get real. Great. Great. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I shared recently a story. I forget who it was with, but like we were at a park for Mother's Day. We were nowhere near a bathroom and I peed in a diaper. Oh my gosh. My I love friend, it. My friends were like, <laughs> what is wrong with you? I was like, you don't understand. After you have three kids, you, there is no holding it. So
1: the bathroom in our apartment is so far away from our bedroom. Yeah. And the last month of my twin pregnancy, I like, felt like I had to sit on the toilet all the time because it was like I would pee three drops and I have to pee again. Right. So, you know, those little like potets that the kids have that you put in the stroller. Yeah. I put that next to my bed. And Josh was like, I am not, I can't, I can't sleep in here with you. (laughs) Like, I can't do this. He's like, I'll be on the sofa because I, I mean, the room, you know, the room smelled lovely, but.
0: Hey, you got to do what you got to do, especially with twins. I know. And fourth pregnancy.
1: And, And yeah,
0: here we are. So I am with the lovely Naomi Davis, the founder of Love Taza. <laughs> and uh, we met through actually my sister-in-law introduced us. Yeah, Stephanie. Um, and I have watched you in awe of raise so beautifully five young children. Thank you. And also have an amazing career. So I want to talk about all those things with you today. Cool. Where are you from? What got you started? Um, I'm from Utah originally.
1: And I moved out here to New York when I was 18 for school. Um, I was a dancer. So I What got kind my... of dance? I did everything. I mean, I grew up doing ballet, but modern dance and contemporary is what I love, love, love. So, um, Juilliard was four years getting my BFA, and in, in dance is what they have. But it, the emphasis is definitely more modern based, or at least it was at the time. So, I came out here. I loved New York. Like I came out here for the first time when I was fourteen um, for a dance program. I had gotten a scholarship for eight weeks in the summer and. I got it at like a dance convention or conference maybe a month before the program started. So housing was full, dorms, everything. And so my parents were just like, do you want to do it on your own? And I really, really did. So my dad flew me out here um, for the first weekend, but I lived on my own for eight weeks in the city up on, um, I mean, there was a family that I was staying with that was from a friend of a friend, but they just had a mattress on the kitchen floor. And I just fell in love with New York for eight weeks when I was 14. And I was like, I have to find a way to get back here. So I came back and uh, in between my junior and senior year of college, I got married to my husband and um, you met him here. I met him here in New York. Yeah. Uh, And I mean, I was really young, <laughs> but I, I'm i really glad that I, like the way everything has kind of unfolded with my story, I'm just really grateful for the big milestones, the way that they happened and when they did. It was not what I expected, but yeah, it was two days after my 21st birthday. I was like, I got wow. to be 21. Like, we have to wait till, till I'm officially 21. So let's do two days after, because that totally makes me older. And I started my blog right after I got married, actually just because I wanted to be able to share my wedding photos with my family back home. And I was trying to find some sort of web domain or something that could host large files. And so that's kind of how it started. I've always been a big documenter. I've really loved journal keeping and I've done that since I was a little girl. It was something that I was getting into like photography, videography, all of that in a way to storytell digitally, I guess. And I think like, I mean, it's Love Taza is the name. And that was based off a nickname that my husband gave me kind of as a joke with, it's Tazza, which is Italian for teacup. It's spelled T-A-Z-Z-A, but at the time I was like, oh, Tazza, like T-A-Z-A, yeah, and totally got (laughs) it wrong, and even the pronunciation and everything else, but, and it's just kind of grown organically from there. I feel like four or five months in, I started to get a couple comments from people that I didn't know, and I was so naive, and I thought, oh, I have to give you the URL for you to be able to see this, but I didn't realize that, you know, it's out there. Right, (laughs) so. So yeah, and then I mean, it's that was 12 years ago. And I guess it's kind of organically grown over time. It, it was always kind of a documentation of where I was. You know, I was a young newlywed in New York City and having a good time finishing up my last year of school and just, you know, very in love and whatnot. And now five kids later, we're... <laughs> five people. Five. Five children. Um, it's been... I, I, really, I really enjoyed having this platform I guess in a way that uh feels very much community based and I feel like I've gained so much from that online space that hopefully I can give a bit back in return but you know when you're going through a lot of things for the first time which I've kind of done more publicly you know getting pregnant having babies raising them and doing a lot of those first. It's been really nice to be able to have a window in um, to somebody even on the opposite side of the world that's doing something maybe even a little bit different than you thought you would do it, but it's helpful and encouraging and insightful to be like, "Oh, great. Like I didn't realize that I could do it that way. I'm going to try that, you know."
0: Yeah. So, well, I'm not trying to shine sunshine up your ass, <laughs> but <laughs> I feel like you've always been Honest and authentic about it, and not in a way that's unachievable. Like you said, you there are some people that set themselves up as, as examples. You're like, that'll never happen to me, or I'll never be able to be that way, or that perfect, or whatever. And I've appreciated as a mom knowing the pitfalls that we all have. Right, right. The, the mess, right. That you show that you know in in a in a way that's there's levity to it. Sure. Well, thank you. I, I mean, I feel like.
1: This space has changed so much over the last, I don't know how many years. I mean, when I started blogging in 2007, there wasn't even social media at the time, like Instagram, Twitter, I guess Facebook was around, but I feel like Facebook was still kind of exclusive. So I feel like in this space and my family's in this space now because I'm, I'm sharing openly and I, I still try to make sure that I'm really respectful of what I'm sharing, especially since um, there are stories or there are pictures sometimes and, and videos and things that involve all of us. But at the same time, I've always wanted to make sure that I'm still really real about if I'm struggling with something or, you know, this did not go well or whatever it might be. And I mean, I think you learn as you go as a mom that, the less you have an idea of like how this trip's going to go or how the day is going to go, but you just really go with the flow and remain flexible. And just the end of the day, the goal is just to have a good time. You know, I think you will, <laughs> you will have a good time. Um, it, it's just, it's just better to keep the, keep the bar a little bit, a little bit lower.
0: What have been some of the unexpected challenges as you've grown into this space?
1: I think one of the biggest things for me is I really want to share my heart and sometimes it's a little bit hard when obviously not everybody's going to be a fan of your heart and they're going to, you know, be mean, be really really mean. People are mean. People are I mean, I sometimes I, you know, I think where I was when I was 21, 22, I mean even just a couple years ago to where I am now has been a really long journey of finding where I can cancel out all the white noise around me of you know, like the overly lovey-dovey comments that are just like, oh, hashtag goals, like you're a supermod. It's like, no, because you can't let any of that dictate how you feel about yourself just the same way that you can't let, you know, some troll who's like, go kill yourself, dictate how your day is going to go either. So I think that's been one of my biggest personal sort of, I'm not a trial, but just it's really taken me a lot to kind of get to that point. Where I'm like, I don't care. (laughs) Like, I feel confident in who I am, or I know I'm a good mom, or you know, I I know that I'm doing my absolute best, and that I'm there for my people. And at the end of the day, like, it's just noise, and you, we don't have the time and the bandwidth as women, people, mothers to invite that into our being. It's just, just don't, (laughs) just don't. I mean, it's easier said than done, but. I guess being in the online space, as I've kind of you know gone through these chapters of pregnancy, mothering, breastfeeding, why, my child crawling on the floor in a museum, and, and hearing that that's not okay. I mean, whatever it is, you just you start you start to figure out like, well, I think that that's okay. So that's okay,
0: right? Yeah. So I think also people fail when they look at people who have made successful businesses in this space. As you are a businesswoman. Mm-hmm. Um, there are decisions that you have to make um, in order to keep it going. How have you sort of learned the business side or or gotten better at it as the years have gone on? And like what really helped you so that you weren't just, you know, you have your content create side and then your strategy and and how have you made all that work so that you can continue bringing people the content because you can't right. just do this for right. zero dollars?
1: $0. It's kind of fascinating because when we got into it, when I started blogging, there wasn't this sort of monetizing side to any of it um and my husband's a big you know he's very business savvy he was doing financial services for many years but he resigned from his job I guess yeah it'll be six years in the spring and he was always very helpful with being like you know I I feel like I'm such a creative and it was really hard when businesses or brands were approaching, kind of saying like, let's partner, let's collaborate, whatever. It was hard for me to kind of come to somebody and be like, okay, well, this is my rate. Or are you comfortable with this price? Because it was just so low bought. It was just so, it would make me sweat. I was just like, I don't know. And I would want to like over deliverable. And, you know, you just, you just kind of, it's just not the way I've been built. And he was like, what do you think you're worth? Like, What's your value? You know the time that you take, the effort to put to put this here, whatever it might be. And um, he's—it's been really helpful to kind of be a team in that side. He really does handle more of the business side than I do, and that's another thing that I've had to really learn is to let go and not—I'm—I'm I'm very much like this is my baby. I want to do everything. I want to write the emails, send the emails. I want to do the business side. I want to do the creative side. I want to edit the pictures. I want to like, and to be able to say like, okay, you take these things, like you're good at these things. I'm going to delegate this to you and you run with that. But um, I have really enjoyed to kind, kind of having more of a chance to develop that, I guess, businesswoman side of myself and, and be a part of that. But allowing other people to help me has been huge (laughs) because I can't do it all and for me my biggest thing has always been my family and I really want to make sure that I can prioritize that and even this last year with my twin girls they're just they're 14 months almost 15 months and I was just like I really want to be present as much as I can in this chapter and if things fall to the wayside or I'm not able to like you know do these projects right now and kind of have to put a pause on that I'm going to because I just I want I want to be here it's important to me so allowing
0: allowing help has been big and beneficial. For sure. Fashion. Yeah. Do you guys find it hard to, because you're with each other all day, mm-hmm. so like my brother and I are with each other all day. Yeah. Um, but when we disagree, we can like go home at night to our spouses. Right. How do you, how have you guys evolved your relationship once he started working with you to yeah. either, to just navigate that?
1: I know it's so hard. It sounds so <laughs> corny, but I love spending time. Like even when he's, he's, I mean, he comes from this business side where he really wants to like sit at the, the desk at the computer and really he's like I need some space Naomi please can you just slide over and I'm like what are you doing like let's our let our arms touch or whatever it is <laughs> it's just I, I understand that it would not possibly work for everyone but it's just somehow been fortunate in our case that We spend all day together. You know, we tag team it with the kids and with work. Um, We have a sitter come twice a week for a few hours in the morning so that we can really focus on things together. But besides that, at least right now, we're just swapping back and forth. And so he'll take, you know, he takes the five kids everywhere and people will always be like, oh, my gosh, like you have your hands so full. How do you do? I don't know. It's funny how he gets such a different sort of he gets comments. like the
0: sacrificial like oh yeah. how nice you are watching I know. your children well, your children your babysitting your children yeah, I know. Babysitting, and he's, I he's always
1: like what do you mean my my arms are empty because he always like pulls his arms out he's got a baby in the Ergo and one in the stroller and three scooting by because he hate he just hates that he's like i don't get like these are my children what what right. is this supposed to mean um yeah so we just we just flip flop back and forth and um we try sometimes, we'll be like, let's go on a date and let's not talk about work and not talk about the kids or anything like that. And we're pretty good for a little while, but um, fortunately it's something that we really, really love. Yeah. And so it's not really an issue. I mean, there's things we definitely disagree on when we're working together and I'm very much a perfectionist. And that is something that I've worked really hard at not being so like, it has to be this way. It's like, no, that's good enough. Like,
0: let it go. Hi, guys. I hate to interrupt this episode, but I have to do an ad, and it's for myself. I love doing this podcast. I love interviewing these women. So what I'm asking you to do is support me. If you are in the market for a beautiful bag or some wonderful apparel or shoes, buy Rebecca Minkoff. And if you need to buy a gift for someone, think of me. It always helps. It keeps the business going, and I would love to see you wearing your Beautiful Rebecca Minkoff products. You can hashtag MyRM and thank you for the support. What has been an unexpected high and an unexpected low in your journey?
1: I think one of the
0: biggest highs for
1: me is just the sense of connecting and having this sort of community with people all over the world. Like it makes my day when I get to meet somebody that, and everyone's story is so different, but maybe, you know, when we are able to inspire each other, like wh- whether it's like having a big family or raising your family in a city setting or, you know, choosing to be open about breastfeeding or co-sleeping or, I mean, whatever it is, traveling with kids, you know. And when when I'm able to see how that can change somebody else's perspective for the better and they're able to really take advantage of their own situation, ho- however that unfolds, um, just... It really makes me happy. It really does. Because I think at the end of the day, I don't claim to be an expert in any area. I don't like being like, this is how you should do it. But, you know, like I didn't even, for breastfeeding, for example, like I had no idea what I was doing eight and a half years ago with my first. Like I would get sweaty. I'd go into a bathroom stall when I was out in public and feel like I had to figure out what I was doing there. And it wasn't until I saw somebody like, I don't know, in California just breastfeeding on the beach. And I don't even know her. But that just gave me so much kind of encouragement or hope or that was okay. So if I can give that back, it's just, it's always been a high when I've been able to kind of see that play out. Totally. Yeah. And then you're asking about a low. An unexpected low. An unexpected low. low.
0: Hmm. (laughs) Where do we start? (laughs) You can give me a a, a hit list.
1: Uh, No, I think for me, last summer was a really big low spot for myself. The baby girls had just been born. Um, My daughters, they were born full term. They were healthy. They were thriving. It was great. Um, I'm a big believer in like getting back to life with with your babies once they're born, and not you know hiding away. I have, and so we would go out. We'd go to the park. We'd you know carry on with life. My other three kids were you know still, or my older two were still in school, so we were doing school functions, whatever it was. And one night, one of my baby girls came down with a really high fever, and we ended up taking her into the hospital because I just wasn't sure what was going on. It was just a fever. There were no other symptoms, but I was really concerned and everything was fine. Everything ended up being fine, but we were in a, a two day hospital stay um, where they have to do all the tests just as a precautious measure. And I was at a, you know, a rock bottom low to see your baby like that, first of all, but then I shared just that we had been at the hospital for a couple of days online and that um, things were looking good, but that that's what had happened. And and I just got flooded with these comments about how I was a bad mom and how if I was the one that did this to her, because I'd taken her out into the city, and if it weren't for my mothering, I don't know. I mean, it just, you know, hate, the, just the amount. And I wasn't in a good place to read any of that. And I just remember I crumpled up on the hall, hallway floor at like 2 a.m. I just, it was just. I couldn't deal. I could not deal. I I felt it. I felt like I I really am a bad mother. You know, it's like, it's one thing to, I mean, when you hear that and you're in a good state, it's different. But when you, you know, you, you already feel like you're you're a bad mom because your daughter wasn't feeling great. That was really hard for me. And I kind of wanted to, to shut everything down. I was like, I don't think I'm strong enough to move forward because this really rocked me. And it was kind of the first, first time I feel like in years that I really let the negativity of the online world get to me. And it took me several months to pull myself out of that spot where wow. I didn't really feel where I, you know, where I could feel once again that I am capable, that I am deserving of my children, that I love my children, that they are a gift and that I really am, am a good mom. Right. But it took took me a minute. And how did you get through that? How did was it just You know, I think it just sometimes when you're in a really vulnerable place, there's not much you can do besides like I really shed a lot of layers. I feel like I kind of had some walls up that I let down because I felt like there wasn't really anything else that they could attack me from, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like, well, this is me. And yeah, I'm not a perfect mother. I make mistakes daily, but I love my children. I'm trying my best, just as I hope every woman out there that has little ones is is doing.
0: So. Yeah. And I think the idea of a perfect mother, like, what is that even? I mean, that, I that definition is so different for, it's every, hard. for every woman. Yeah. We all have, like, what our own version of that is. And so for me, I always just try to say, like, I want to be the most present
1: mother. Totally. And I get that that can be tricky in this day and age with our phones and whatever else. But, like, even if you only have 20 minutes with your little ones, like, you've got to make them count. You know, it's like getting on the floor. It's playing. It's being affectionate. It's loving them. It's letting them know how much they mean to you and it's not just after, you know, they do something really sweet or they scored a goal on the field, but it's it's in all of those in-between moments where you're just together that you want them to to feel that and know that. And I think for me just really diving into just being with my family and sometimes even setting the phone down or the camera whatever it is and just really being present
0: gives me that. Totally. Yeah. I feel like I need to buy a camera for that reason. Because if I feel like if I document with a camera versus mm-hmm. my phone, my presence will be there more than interesting than like my kids see the phone and they equate it with work or yeah. I'm on Instagram yeah. or whatever. But I feel like if I had a camera and yeah. I was actually. It's
1: tricky when there's so much of what we do with work is revolved around the phone. I feel like it's always been really, I'm like, oh, my kids probably think I'm just playing like a game on an app or something because that's what <laughs> they look at the phone as, right? right so I'm right. always like I'm trying to make sure I'm talking through if I'm. If I'm doing something that's work-related or I don't know, you know. But yeah, putting it down more. I think the camera does help. It's heavy. It's bulky. It's a mess to take out. But I swear whenever I do, I come home and I'm just so glad I did. Totally. Those photos, just being able to capture a memory in such a beautiful way is nice. But actually, I take that back a little bit because I do feel, and I always tell this to everybody when it comes to documenting, that whatever camera you have is the perfect camera. Like if the phone is all you have, the phone is great. Totally. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So two questions I'd like to ask all my guests. What would we be surprised to know about you? You might have answered that with the ping in the thing. Um, oh, shoot. Yeah, I did. I did. But is there anything else? And I,
1: anything else? I'm still wearing a nursing bra right now, even though I yes, weaned my girl, baby girls. Same. <laughs> <laughs> but you're still nursing. I weaned them last month, and I have just not pulled myself together to go to bra shop. I need to get bra fitted again because everything has changed and shifted and kind of disappeared almost. So um, I'm trying to work up the courage to go in for a bra fitting. So I've, I've got a old, very faded bra that's a nursing bra I, I
0: right now. I hear you because I bought a nursing bra for the first time since my son. So I have seven. And I was like, it's okay to buy a new bra. Like, yeah. what is wrong with you? Yeah. Just invest. It's $40. Just buy. <laughs> I
1: how know, about buy right? three? I know. And rotate. Right? Come on. <laughs> how often are we supposed to be washing these things? Oh do I always gosh. think about that.
0: Ugh. So I, I um, now that I had now that I invested one hundred and twenty dollars in three bras, I I refuse to just not wear it. <laughs> well, um, they
1: finally are making great ones. I, know. I feel like it's it's come it only, to that point where there's
0: you know good options. Totally. And my other question I like to ask all my guests is, what is a piece of advice you'd like to leave our listeners with? It could be along the lines of anything, motherhood, breastfeeding, not business, whatever. Mm, that's a really good one too.
1: I mean, maybe I kind of said this, but I feel like it's just so important at the end of the day, especially when it comes to being a woman and being a mom, to just know that there's no one way to do it and that obviously when you've – I mean, you you, obviously, you can't just be like, oh, I'm going to do it however – like whatever feels good. You obviously need to research all the options or, I mean, even consult a doctor if it's something that's more medical. But whatever it is, like I really just – trusting your gut and doing what you – feel is best for you and for your little ones like at the end of the day that's all that matters it doesn't matter what your mom or your mother-in-law or your best friend or your husband whoever says do it this way like you have an inner voice that's for you and for your babies and trust it
0: love that yeah thank you thank you That was Naomi Davis. You can follow her at Taza, T-A-Z-A, or heading to her blog, lovetaza.com. Today's review is from RLMTX, Game Changer. This podcast has saved my commute. It inspires me on the way to work and lets me reflect on the way home. Rebecca truly has something special here with this podcast, and I always look forward to listening for insight and wisdom from the other women. Thank you. You are so welcome.